Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patek alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Andrew Ivins. And uh, what a busy day in college football yesterday. The transfer portal window officially opens over 5,000 FBS players now in the NCAA transfer portal. A wild day. And if you missed it, the transfer portal palooza, you can find that on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. But the Oyster Boys... We got a day ourselves, Drew. We're here to break down the Oyster Boys True Freshman All-American team. I don't even even know what you want to call it, but the guys that we think have played their part as freshmen will also break down the transaction wire. Five-star Cam Coleman flips from Texas A&M to Auburn. We'll have that and a lot more. But first, Drew, one little thing. How about this? Max Johnson, the number 23 quarterback in the transfer portal via our guys Clint Brewster and Derek Ching. 12 and 10 as a starter. You might remember him from LSU in 2021 and then the last couple years with Texas A&M down at College Station. He entered the portal last week on Wednesday and then moved really quickly to the merits now with North Carolina post-Drake May. I think we all wondered what that would look like at the quarterback situation. Well, Mac Brown, offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey, they found their guy in Max Johnson. You look at Max Johnson, go all the way back to his time in Baton Rouge. This is a guy that's kind of been in, uh, I would say, a little bit of muddied water, right? He was sacked 33 times as a starter in 2021. You talk about a guy that's been beat up. It's been a tough situation for him. Now he goes to North Carolina. It seems like they're going to be in the situation of having Tez Walker back along with Bryson Nesbitt as well. Drew, I like Max Johnson, and I don't mind the merits whatsoever. I just thought it was a little quick. You think about the transfer portal and some of the arms out there already that still haven't found homes. Kyle McCord, a guy that enters the transfer portal from the eastern seaboard as well. Tyler Van Dyke kind of fits into that conversation. Tyler Shuck from Texas Tech. You kind of go down the list, Drew. I thought North Carolina was going to be a little bit more patient here, and the reason that I say that is it's not like they don't have anything to sell. Drake May, more than likely, is going to be a top-five draft choice and a guy that's going to hear his name very early, right behind Caleb Williams, which is what we think is going to happen. So North Carolina, you would think, would be one of those programs out there that could be a little, uh, a little bit patient, wait for the dust to settle, and go find their guy. But they didn't waste any time, and that guy happens to be Max Johnson. Yeah, I think you bring up a fair point there, Cooper. I like this move for North Carolina, and that's because you're ensuring that Max Johnson is going to be there for spring practices. Spin ahead to the 2024 season. Look at North Carolina's schedule. They open at Minnesota, and then after that, really the most difficult game is a trip to Tallahassee. So I like this. Max Johnson has played over 1,500 snaps in the SEC You know, he's thrown 47 touchdown passes, just under 6,000 yards. I'm kind of a fan of it, and it's because of those targets that could potentially come back in Bryson Nesbitt and Tez Walker. So to me, I think you bring up a fair point. North Carolina a little bit early here as we've seen more and more names. I mean, Cooper, how many many quarterbacks are in the transfer portal? I've lost count. I, I think we're up to three dozen that have started in some capacity at the FBS level. I like it. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, you look at the depth chart for the Tar Heels. I think they needed a guy with some experience that can come in, uh, potentially be a bridge quarterback. But I think they just need to get that room figured out in general. So I'm all here for it. Max Johnson, uh, you said bring it all the way back to when he was at Texas A&M. Cooper, I remember when Max Johnson threw in June of 2018 at the University of Miami. Remember his uncle 
is Mark Richt. That's back when Mark Richt was leading the Hurricanes. He threw alongside Anthony Richardson and Jeff Sims. I cannot believe this kid is still playing college football. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Anthony Richardson will be heading into his second year with the Indianapolis Colts uh, <laughs> next year. Uh, Drew, yeah, pretty interesting situation. If you weren't following the transfer portal at all, I talked about the uh, sheer volume of names, but quarterbacks kind of ruled the day, especially on our broadcast yesterday. So North Carolina, they already have their guy. Handful of contenders out there still looking for their guy as well. Guys, you are locked into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast with Andrew Ivins, Cooper Patagna, every Tuesday and Wednesday, 5 o'clock Eastern time. Do me a favor right now if you're watching us on the uh, 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe and like to the channel. All right, Drew, the next segment that we have, the Oyster Boys True Freshman Team. We're calling it the Oyster Boys True Freshman Team. I was on a five-and-a-half-hour broadcast yesterday breaking everything down via the transfer portal. You got to work on the true freshman team, so I appreciate that. You're the one kind of leading the way. We'll break this down one by one, and we're going to start with the offense first. And how about this? No other way to do this than to start with a prospect who was unranked coming out, quarterback Jalen Raynor from Arkansas State, originally from the state of North Carolina, East Forsyth High School, Five and four as a starter this year for the Red Wolves. They're into a bowl game. He also threw for over 2,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, six INTs, another 330 on the ground with five touchdowns there as well. Drew 21 big-time throws per PFF. It's not like I have dove into the tape headfirst on Jalen Raynor, but tell me what you like about Jalen Raynor and why he is your true freshman quarterback. Uh, that's the stat right there, those big-time throws. That was the most of any freshman quarterback, and he has led Arkansas State to a bowl game. Go back to the beginning of the season. Remember Butch Jones, after they played Tennessee, it looked like he was crying a little bit. Uh, I considered a few different quarterbacks, Keon Jennings at FIU, my guy Anthony Calandria at Virginia. You got Dante Moore, Emory Williams at Miami, Grayson Loftus at Duke, and at the end of the day, I think Jalen Raynor had the best on-field resume. Yes, he was unranked for us. That is an oversight for us. Just a lot going on, right? And there's even more going on now with the transfer portal here in this 2023 uh, window. Uh, but he, he performed, and you like to dig back into what these guys did in high school through 43 touchdowns to just three interceptions as a senior also ran for 1200 yards and 17 scores. And I was going through his social media Cooper. He also plays basketball. There's a video of him punching it on the hardwood. So Jalen Raynor, uh, a, a fun story. Wasn't initially QB one for Arkansas state, but found his way onto the field. Only other FBS offers for him came from service Academy. So a nice find for Butch Jones. And it seems like it's salvaged the season deciding to go with Jalen Raynor. Yeah, you and I were talking before the show. I think the theme, especially for this team, is a lot of these guys had a really productive senior season, right? Outside of maybe one or two guys, Kevin Concepcion is one of those guys we'll talk about here in a second. But Jalen Raynor, another guy and another example of the importance of the senior evaluation. All right, Drew, at running back, a guy that we talked about, I think, in the last two weeks, Abu Sama from Iowa State. And Matt Campbell has done a tremendous job at the running back position. Uh, and Abu Sama, a guy that we ranked as a three-star, kind of on the cusp of four-star status, 89 overall grade. He's been dynamite this year, 72 carries, 610 yards, eight and a half yards per carry, six touchdowns. Drew, it's kind of the game against Kansas State where he broke out, as you can see, the beautiful palette of snow there, that Abu Sama running all over the place. But Drew, what do you like about Abu Sama? Yeah, Abu's got some camouflage on in that <laughs> game. No, it was a Iowa State freshman record when he 
uh, help spark the upset of Kansas State. And as an evaluator, someone that goes through all this tape, well, you know, is this surprising? Absolutely not. Go back to the final game of his senior career there at South Polk in Iowa State title game. He ran for, uh, where, where was it? Uh, 372 yards, six touchdowns. Four of them went for 60 plus yards. You see it up there on the graphic, 33 missed tackles this season, most by any freshman. Uh, he came on late for the Cyclones. He actually sparked one of their uh, stud running backs to transfer, enter his name in the transfer portal. So I think Abu Sama, he's a guy to know uh, moving forward. He's going to be a staple there in the Big 12. Uh, state champ in the long jump. He's a guy that just does a little bit of everything. And how about Southwest Polk from Iowa? Two guys on our Oyster Boys freshman All-American list. Uh, Abu Sama, a favorite of Gabe Brooks, our good friend and talent evaluator, uh, and a guy that I thought had to be on the list. It's a small world. Uh, you're talking about Iowa there. But the other thing with Sama that you mentioned is Iowa State champ in the long jump, right? I think for us, it's a little bit of lessons learned. Uh, revisionist history. You talked about that with Jalen Raynor a little bit. But this guy that goes over 24 feet in the long jump and in 10 9 1 and 100 meters over 200 pounds, that kind of gets you going a little bit. You go back and you say, hey, not how would he miss on that guy, but it shouldn't be surprising that Abu Sama is doing what he's doing as a freshman. All right, Drew, now to the receivers, another guy that has come up throughout the year, starting in the beginning of the year as well, so I'm glad that we're here as well. How about Eric Singleton from Georgia Tech, man? What a what a find for Georgia Tech in the Yellow Jackets, a guy that was ranked as a three-star, 88 overall grade, the number 73 receiver in the country. He's been awesome this year. Caught 47 passes for over 700 yards, six touchdowns as well. Credited with 15 explosive plays over 15 yards in the passing game. Drew, Eric Singleton, you talk about guys that I think we kind of identified earlier in the season. And it's a good thing about being a 24-7 sports in our network here. This was a guy that was getting a lot of buzz in fall camp uh, throughout. And he ended up turning in a great freshman season. I think he's the classic case of senior season evaluations. I remember when he committed to Western Kentucky summer before his senior year, uh, I thought it was a steal for the Hilltoppers. He actually picked them over Kansas State. Well, he starts his senior season the first month. His tape is awesome. We rank him as a high three-star. Uh, and then the other schools come calling. You had Minnesota involved, Texas A&M, Auburn. Georgia Tech is the one that wins out. Uh, another track athlete, Cooper, state qualifier in the 100-400 long jump. I think he is a new age spread wide receiver. And what stands out about him is the ability to just catch things uh, with his radius. I mean, he's not the biggest individual, but he's got a big web. And I think he's someone that is going to have a very productive career there for the Yellow Jackets in Atlanta. Um, you know, in hindsight, we could say that with all these guys, maybe should have had him a little bit higher in the rankings, but still feeling good about that 88. Um, and it was, it, was, it was certainly refreshing to see him make some plays here as a true freshman. You know what I was thinking yesterday when London Humphreys hit the portal, a guy, another guy that we gave a overall 88 uh, grade two, had a, a, a pretty solid track and field resume as well, is you just don't know, right? I think when we put this list out, it's not like these guys aren't already being examined in, in opponent scouting reports, especially in the ACC. We've seen that with Vandy with a couple of their receivers hitting the portal already. But guys like Eric Singleton, even in the state of Georgia, being able to fall through the cracks, and that's such a state that is uh, oversaturated with talent, but probably over-recruited as well. Eric Singleton finding a nice home there in Atlanta. And one of those guys, Drew, I hate to say it, whether it's Eric Singleton or maybe Jalen Raynor down the line, that maybe opposing teams 
are circling over the next couple of years and monitoring uh, if they have a need at that position. Another guy in the ACC, Drew, I feel like we've talked about him every week. Credit to Dave Dorn, receivers coach Joker Phillips at NC State. How about Kevin Concepcion, man? We've just been raving about this kid all year. 64 catches, 767 yards, 10 touchdowns, 38 touches on the ground as well for 297 yards. You watch the tape, the position versatility, and how they use him really stands out. ACC Offensive Rookie of the Year. What a find by the Wolfpack, Drew. Yeah, only 29 catches as a senior in high school, four touchdowns. Did run for two of them, but wasn't a ton of yardage. So you kind of go back and try to study him. How did we miss him? Uh, and then you want to throw a track time out there, Cooper. The only thing he's got on file is an 11-8 in the 100-meter dash. I think he is a reminder that sometimes we can get too caught up in what they do in spikes. And sometimes it matters how do they look like in pads. What are they – can they pull away from people? Can they find the end zone? Kevin certainly can do that. I've said it before on this show. Uh, the good news, if you're one of these schools that missed out on Kevin, is he's got a younger brother, I believe, in the 2025 or 2026 cycle. One would have to think uh, some of these programs that passed on Kevin are going to take a look at the younger brother. But, man, no, he was the difference, I think, for NC State. We knew that coming into the season they were struggling at the wide receiver position, looking for a playmaker, and they found one for sure. You know, the funny thing about this, our first, what, four players, none of them ranked in the top two, four, seven, none of them even four stars, right? So listen, if you're out there right now, three stars are people too. Put it on a shirt. It's important. <laughs> These guys know what they're doing, especially at NC State. All right, Drew, a guy that you do know that was in the top two, four, seven, that is Eugene Trey Wilson. I'm not sure what he goes by nowadays, but a guy that was a huge part of Florida's offense outside of Ricky Pearsall as well. The number 109 player last year's cycle, number 16 receiver, averaged 8.8 .8 yards per touch, 61 catches on the season, over 500 yards, six touchdowns, 31 catches, went for first downs. And if you watch any Florida this year, Drew, this is a guy they wanted to get involved early and often. I think he is going to be a huge piece of what Florida's offense is built around over the next couple of years. I mean, most dynamic offensive talent they've had since Kadarius Toney there in Gainesville. I think Florida fans would say he wasn't involved enough in the offensive game plan. Now, Eugene was dinged up a little bit, but go back, man, to the him coming out of high school. I call him a, a blur on tape. He zigs and zags his way past defenders, and he was able to do that in the SEC. Cooper, he is also a box checker. Dad won a pair of Super Bowls with the New England Patriots, so he's got the bloodlines. How about the testing profile? 4-4-9 in the 40-yard dash on the lasers. 4-2-1 in the short shuttle. Ran a little bit of track, but back to the senior seasons. He played on both sides of the football. I think he had five interceptions when I first came across him at a UCF 7-on-7 seven -seven tournament. I thought he was a slot corner. Turns out, uh, no, he can catch the football and, more importantly, make people miss after the catch. He had a monster senior season as well there at Tampa Gaither. I think he had over 250 receiving yards in a game along with a pick six. Um, this is a guy that Florida targeted and prioritized early uh, in Billy Napier's tenure, and I think he's only going to be involved more and more moving forward um, once he gets more comfortable in that offense. How about DJ Lagway potentially throwing passes to this kid? Yeah, it gets me excited. You know, the other thing about uh, Eugene Wilson, we saw him in February, I think two years ago, which is crazy to say. I think it, it feels like yesterday down in Miami at an Under Armour Combine, he ripped that one up. You talked about the short area quickness, change of direction, definitely showed on the short shuttle, but 
talk about this guy in space. That kind of is what makes him different. All right, Drew, now to the tight end position. Brett Norfleet, a guy that we kind of went back and forth on in the evaluation process. He ended up as a four-star for us and the number 19 tight end overall. Uh, Multi-sport background, Drew, coming out of high school, a guy that played a little bit of baseball as well. Um, 365 snaps over uh, over the season for Missouri and a guy that um, – quite honestly, been a little bit of a revelation for them. Traditional wide tight end that you can move around, natural pass catcher as well. He figures to be a big part of what they're going to do in the future under Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah, Blake Baker, the defensive coordinator. I remember I had to write the Missouri section for the Lindsay's preseason magazine. I'm like, hey, give me a freshman that has a chance to play. And he said it was Brett Norfleet. And I think he kind of got better as the season went on over a uh, 70 or 81, 83.1 PFF grade when it came to blocking. Uh, it's hard for tight ends to find the field as freshmen. That's my biggest takeaway coming out of this whole exercise, Cooper. You know, we saw Mason Taylor last year, what he was able to do for LSU wasn't as productive here as a sophomore, but just not a lot of tight ends getting onto the field. I mean, I'd had a short list of candidates. I almost threw Zeke Moore at FAU on there. He, he had two catches for 59 yards and a touchdown on the season. But Brett Norfleet, uh, they are excited about him at Missouri. We saw some flashes of it in the month of November. You know, had two touchdown catches, was also big in that win over Florida. So they want to recruit the Show Me State, Brett Norfleet. He comes in and plays right away. And we saw Drinkwitz talking on the Transfer Portal Palooza show. I think my big takeaway with, with Missouri is, you know, they built that on-field success through the Transfer Portal, but now they're parlaying that into some strong high school takes. Yeah, they're, they're starting to figure some things out. That That's kind of what seems evident to me. Eli Drinkwitz, like you said on the show yesterday, you talk about the 10 wins on the field. They got a huge opportunity against Ohio State. I think a lot of people drew. We even talked about it on this show. What's the importance of bowl season for Missouri? An opportunity. You got a crack at Ohio State. Kyle McCord's not there. He started all season. You don't know whether it's going to be Devin Brown or Lincoln Kineholz. Imagine if Missouri can win that game over Ohio State, what that does for that program and what they're going to be able to continue to sell there under Eli Drinkwitz. All right, Drew, rounding it out with the big boys and no surprises here, five-star Francis Malanoa from IMG Academy and the Miami Hurricanes. He's been everything we thought he could be and probably a little bit more. Started all 12 games this season for the Miami Hurricanes at right tackle, played over 800 snaps, gave up just one pressure and overtime win against Clemson. Uh, Drew graded out well for PFF as well in run blocking over a 72 grade there. Um, we knew this cat was special. I think some of the names that, that came up uh, in the evaluation process were, oddly enough, Panay Sewell, who Mario Cristobal had at Oregon. And you don't say that lightly with these player comparisons. And then you look at what Francis Malanoa has been able to do as a freshman at the right tackle spot very similar to what Penny Sewell did as a freshman in Eugene, Oregon, under Mario Cristobal. He goes on to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft and a guy uh, who's got a lot of all-pro selections in front of him as well. I mean, Drew, you talk about pillar of Miami's offense and who they want to be. I think Mario Cristobal established that on the offensive line. He's trying to do that on the defensive line as well. But, I mean, Francis Malanoa, for all those expectations, in my mind, he absolutely delivered. 
number two player on my freaks list for the class of 2023. Remember, he was doing that split box jump just like Evan Neal was at IMG Academy. He played a little bit of volleyball. I dug into the testing data, 4-5 short shuttle at 330 pounds. Cooper, I, this isn't surprising to us that he's here. I thought we would have this type of season. Of course, you never know how it's actually going to go when the bullets start flying. But uh, talking with the guys at Inside the U, you know, Francis, I think they started him on the second team, first day of spring practices. By the end of practice, he was with the first team. And I don't think he's going to give that role up. I mean, let's assume he can avoid some setbacks. This just feels like a, a three and done. And it's been a while since Miami has had one of those individuals. All right. Believe it or not, Francis Mauanoa was not the highest graded offensive tackle last year. That belonged to Caden Proctor at Alabama. And this guy, well, he's a dude too. He's started all 13 games for Alabama at left tackle. How about that for a freshman year? Alabama, the SEC champs, now in the college football playoffs. They'll play Michigan and Pasadena. Drew, talk about a traditional matchup that gets me fired up in Southern California. He was also named the SEC Freshman of the Week against his efforts against Auburn. Third best PFF grade in pass bro, second best in run blocking. Drew, Caden Proctor, a little bit different than Francis Malanoa. Uh, I thought a guy that uh, really developed well uh, over the season, especially in pass protection. I thought there were some lapses there, which is what you would expect an offensive lineman coming uh, playing from, from playing his high school ball in the state of Iowa, then going to the SEC. But he has acclimated beautifully, especially in the second half of the season. Yeah, that, that was kind of the thing for us, right? Remember him at the All-American Bowl? We liked him as a run blocker, but there wasn't a ton of pass sets. Obviously, now he goes to Alabama where they still want to run the football, but you got to fend off these twitched-up edge rushers on, on third down and, and second and long, and I thought he got better as the season went on. Number 11 on my freaks list for the 2023 cycle. He had that video of him pulling his teammates uh across the parking lot in like an f-150 the other thing i remember about Caden proctor uh he was a long time iowa commit and i think sean bach at the iowa site told me this story but Caden proctor when he took his official visit to iowa in the summer months when they busted out all this stuff for the photo shoots which you can't do anymore Caden uh, Caden proctor declined he didn't want to do the photo shoots he had done enough photo shoots and uh that always stuck with me. Work, work-like mentality. I thought he would find instant success at Alabama. Obviously, he, he has done just that. Another one that feels like a uh, three and done, Cooper. Number one sign of a dude, and dude in all caps, is declining photo shoots, especially at the offensive line. I mean, if, if you want something as an indicator that says, hey, you know what? This guy's built a little bit different. We talked about it yesterday on the show, right? The photo shoots have become less important, especially in the transfer portal era. It's more business-like mentality. You saw that out of 17, 18-year-old Caden Proctor then when he was on his last visit to Alabama. All right, Drew, a couple more here. Caden Green from Oklahoma. I'm glad this guy made the list, a guy that both of us were really high on in the evaluation process. Top 100 recruit, number 93 overall in the top 247 last year, the number 11 tackle. Drew, this was a guy that I think really impressed throughout his high school career in terms of the position versatility. You thought he could play tackle, guard, center. You can move him all over the place. And that's exactly what he's done in Norman, Oklahoma, a guy that really took over in the red rivalry game uh, as he was forced in that game because of an injury. He started five games at left guard, uh, hovering around a 70 grade in the PFF. First true freshman in program history to be named team captain as well. That happened against BYU. Drew, rave reviews for Caden Green. I think a guy that a lot of people 
rightfully so, are very excited about in Oklahoma. Yeah, I went back into my notes from the Under Armour All-America game to see if I had anything written down on on Caden Green, and I really didn't. I think that's just because he was kind of solid all week long. You know, the story of the Under Armour game last year was the defensive lineman. I guess just overlook Caden Green and him just being sturdy there in the middle. To me, Cooper, you look at Oklahoma, that recruiting class, the first real recruiting class for Brent Venables, and if you're an OU fan transitioning into the SEC, you got to be excited about the core, what they have there. And Caden Green, I don't think a lot of people would have pegged him to be the impact freshman for the Sooners. Turns out he is. Uh, and now you got a guy that, like you said, can play four or five spots on the offensive line. So pair him with Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bowen, um, P.J. Adebore. I mean, all those guys were just as highly ranked. And, and, and to me, the core there for the Sooners looks looks bright heading into SEC play. Future is now, huh? At Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel, he's in the portal. Jackson Arnold's team, it's going to be a fun team to watch, especially as they transition to the SEC in 2024. All right, Drew, how about this name? Tree. Tree, our old friend Tree. Tree Babalade, South Carolina, and a guy that, Drew, let's be uh, quite frank here. We took a shot on, right? We had him tucked in the back end of the top 247 at number 220. Had all the traits that you look for. This was a height, weight, speed type of guy that you wanted to make sure you got in the top 247. Why did we do that? Well, we thought he had a chance to maybe potentially one day round into an NFL draft choice. I don't think any of us even with the dire situation of South Carolina's offensive line, thought that, that this guy would play the way that he's played this season. He started 10 games at left tackle in the SEC for the Gamecocks. He played over 640 snaps, 24-7 sports, true freshman of the week against UGA. Just gave up one pressure against a really good defensive front there. Drew, South Carolina, man, they kind of got the youth movement there. Trevon Ball, another guy, started eight games on the offensive line for USC. Yeah, and Tree and Trovan are roommates. Apparently, Tree can't drive, so Trovan's <laughs> got to drive him all the way around campus. I was reading that on our South Carolina site. I, I went back and forth about which one to put in there. Ended up going with Tree. Uh, you, you mentioned that performance against Georgia. I remember tuning into that game. It was close there for a little bit, and I'm like, is Tree in the game? I, you're right, Cooper. None of us anticipated that. Shane Beamer, remember when they were trying to lock down Tree, it was that South Carolina-Maryland recruiting battle. I remember us di discussing it uh, in the 24-7 sports war room before signing day last year. I was trying to tell everyone there's this heated rivalry between Maryland and, and South Carolina on the recruiting trail. Well, they get Tree, uh, and I golf clap to Shane Beamer. I know it's a difficult year for uh, the Gamecocks, you know, five and seven miss a bowl game. Uh, but they brought in some transfers that I think they thought were going to play on the offensive line. They just ripped the Band-Aid off and put Tree in there. And I think that's going to pay off down the line, him getting um, baptized by fire, whatever you want to call it, having to go through life in the SEC. Uh, and he's got the traits, his ability to recover. I think he's going to be one of the top tackles in the SEC moving forward. Yeah, improved throughout the season, I think, technically. I think that was our biggest question mark. It wasn't so much about the physical clay, but there was a lot of maturation uh, that was yet to materialize at the position from a technical standpoint. That's a name certainly to watch over the next couple of years at South Carolina. All right, Drew, another one. How about Chase Pisanis from Texas A&M, a guy that, uh, quite frankly, we didn't have a lot of verified information on throughout the evaluation process. 
We love the tape. The more you watch him, I think the more you kind of fell in love with him. He delivers at Texas A&M, the number 72 player in the top 247 last year, the number two interior offensive lineman. Actually started 12 games at right tackle, right? So you talk about that lack of verified information. Maybe that's kind of where it comes into play. Didn't give up a single pressure in the season finale against LSU. Drew, this was a guy out of Don Bosco, just really tough as hell. Quite honestly, it's the best way to describe him. Football player on the offensive line. You talk about balance, body control, a guy that understands how to play with leverage, tough, can play at the second level, plug and play that guy in the SEC West. I mean, that's an incredibly difficult task for anybody to do. We're just talking about Tree Babalade, but how about Chase Passana starting 12 games as a freshman at Texas A&M? Yeah, I think if you look at the PFF grades, they're not exactly glowing. But it says a lot that he did start 12 games, held that that position, uh, and did enough for the Aggies to win some notable contests there. Uh, Chase, I, I remember asking a Texas A&M contact before the season, hey, which freshman is going to play? And they said, it, you know, keep, keep an eye on Chase. He's been a monster in preseason camp. I kind of filed that one away, didn't think it would come true. And look at us now, 12 games, like you said, uh, so he is the fifth and final offense alignment here for the Oyster Boys in that uh, true freshman team. Well, that wraps up our offensive side of the ball. we got our defensive side of the ball coming up next. But first, transfer portal, Palooza. It was yesterday, December 4th. It was like a five-and-a-half-hour show. Wild. Loved it. ton of information right here on 24-7 Sports. Guess what? we got more for you. December 20th, National Signing Day show going to be here in Nashville, also Fort Lauderdale as well. Got a great team covering it from coast to coast. Andrew Ivins will be here, Emily Proud, Josh Pate, the entire crew, 24-7 sports. That is the place to be on December 20th. Make sure you check us out and make sure to lock that into your calendar as well. All right, Drew, let's start with the uh, defensive side of the ball on the Oyster Boys True Freshman team. Just got done with the offense and uh, where to start? rather than a guy that they call Ruben Bain, the former top two, four, seven, four-star, number 71 ranked player, number 10 edge. Drew, a guy that uh, I think the Miami fan base definitely wanted higher in the recruiting rankings, and for good reason. I mean, this guy can play a little bit of everything, does everything. A monster, monster production out of Miami Central coming out of high school, and the guy that uh, has showed up, quite frankly, on the opposite side of the field. We talked about Francis Mauanoa. How about Ruben Bain? You talk about two pillars of your team on each side of the line of scrimmage that you can build around. This guy has been absolutely dynamite. The ACC Defense Rookie of the Year racked up 46 pressures. That is most of any true freshman in the country. 37 tackles, seven and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. Drew, we know, we knew Reuben Bain was a maniac, and we knew that he had crazy production, and we knew that he was going to play day one. That being said, what he has done as a freshman has even surprised me. He's been an absolute stud in Coral Gables for Mario Cristobal. Absolutely. You got to get his nickname correct. It's Hurricane Bane. They don't call him Ruben Bane, Hurricane Bane. Yeah, you said it. 77 tackles in high school, a motor that runs hot. And Coop, I think me and you get a lot of flack from Hurricane Nation about Ruben Bane and where he's ranked. Just remind people, I mean, we have hyped this kid up from the jump. I went back to uh, Miami Central, Miami Northwestern, his junior season. I wrote not a lot of skill talent on the field, but this kid, Ruben Bain, he is a name to file away for the next cycle. Certainly, uh, he has proven to be an immediate contributor. I think that's going to be the case 
for him and Coral Gables. Would not be surprised if he potentially uh, rewrites some records there because I, I think he's just going to continue to keep doing what he is doing. And, and Coop, you know, Francis Mauanoa was a big win for Mario Cristobal in that 2023 cycle, but Ruben Bain took official visits to Oklahoma. It looked like Auburn for a while, Nick Saban in Alabama. One of the more notable wins, I think, for Miami over the past decade in terms of actually keeping him home. And yes, he's a legacy. In, in theory, it seems like a layup. But sometimes those fast breaks are, are the hardest ones. And, and Mario got the job done. Yeah, you talk about needle movers, right? I think at Ruben Bain, Mauanoa, top end talent. That's kind of where Mario Cristobal kind of specializes a little bit. And you know what's funny? I mean, I mean, we go back and we chuckle about it. I call Ruben Bain a little bit of a tweener. And I did not mean that as a criticism. I just mean, I don't, I don't know where his uh, primary home is on the defensive line. Here's the thing. It doesn't really matter. You can play him the five technique, three technique, one technique. It doesn't matter. You can play in the interior of the edge. It doesn't matter. This guy is a really good football player. He's so explosive, dynamic with his hands. He's so powerful. And the thing, Drew, that you just brought up, he's got one of the best motors in all of college football. And if it's one thing that you can combine with his level of skill, it's the motor. And I don't think all of those sacks have come just from finesse and being able to go speed to power a lot of that has to come with effort as well so we talked about Francis Malanoa on the offensive side of the ball now Ruben Bain on the defensive line as well that is a guy to look forward to for the next two years is what it looks like in Coral Gables all right Drew how about this from Coral Gables now up to the mountains up there at Appalachian State Nate Johnson how about this one former three-star recruit rated at 84 overall and the guy that uh second team all sunbelt he earned a 79.6 overall grade from pff seven and a half sacks this season as well 35 pressures that's the second most of any true freshman behind the man they call hurricane Bain. he had two sacks in the upset of james madison app state drew it just seems every year you look over there and it's like wait how'd that guy get there right you look at nate johnson one of those other guys Talked about it on the offensive side of the ball with some of these names that maybe flew under the radar a little bit. This is another guy, Drew. You look at the clay of Nate Johnson, 6'5", over 240 pounds. That's a guy that I think a lot of other programs, I hate even talking about that because you want to give credit to Appalachian State, be able to dig those guys out and develop them, which they've done with Nate Johnson in year one. Yeah, and I went and I checked all of our databases to see if we had anything verified on Nate Johnson. We did not. Uh, but another one with a strong senior season, uh, 29 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. He actually picked up some late power five offers. He originally committed to Appalachian State during the summer months. Virginia, Georgia Tech came calling. He ends up sticking with the Mountaineers, helps them take down James Madison when game day was there. Uh, just a reminder that you can find these pass rushers all around the country you know, everyone wants them, but you just got to do your homework and and go to the Carolinas, which some people call D-line heaven. Also played at Gaffney High School, Cooper. That's where Grayson Loftus, the, the Duke quarterback, uh, played. They made the state semifinals as, as seniors. So uh, just like with Southwest Polk, Gaffney High School gets guys ready. There you go. Now from North Carolina to... Alabama, or excuse me, South Carolina, I guess with Clemson, whatever you want to call it, right? TJ Parker drew a guy that we debated on, I guess, a little bit. He was in my region at Alabama Central Phoenix High School, a guy that I just really fell in love with from start 
all the way to the end of the evaluation process. We got to see him in San, San Antonio, and it, and it kind of felt like one of those moments like, here he is, everybody. This is the guy that I've been talking about. He showed up there. He had a heck of a week. And between him and Peter Woods, Drew, who I know got consideration to go on this list as well, he's been everything I think we thought he would be and probably a little bit more as well. The number 43 recruit in the top 247 last year, number six defensive lineman. He could do a little bit of everything coming out of high school. You could stand him up. You could also play him with his hand in the ground. A guy that has been really, really good. His PFF grade shows that over 440 snaps on the season. Drew, we're going to talk about it. Um, there is a lot of reason for optimism at Clemson, and they've kind of been um, the apple of the eye in terms of the discussion of college football, especially on this show when we talk about personnel philosophy. How are they going to build it? Is Dabo going to use the transfer portal? They play a lot of freshmen, right? So you got to give them a lot of credit there. And then we'll talk about uh, a couple other names later in the show. But T.J. Parker, man, I mean, he has been pretty much nothing short of a revelation for Clemson and Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, and it came down to him or Peter Woods for this spot. But T.J. Parker actually played, I think, about 100 more snaps and had the edge on a few different PFF grades. He also had five sacks, and, and some of those sacks came at key moments for the Tigers. Cooper, do you remember when he was committed to Penn State, open things back up right before the senior season? I think what Florida tried to get involved there. I don't know what another fun exercise with this, this true freshman team is like, okay, what if the guy had stayed there? Would he have had this type of season? Would this change the outlook? And, and certainly that was instantly what came to mind with TJ Parker when he was, you know, from Alabama, it was like well, Penn State's in Alabama. Like what's going on here? And, and he was committed there. Well, he ends up over at, at Clemson and uh, is having a ton of success. I think Penn State probably thought for a minute James Franklin was like, all right, what's going on? This looks like highway robbery here. I got T.J. Parker. I got something in this guy. How about T.J. Parker? You mentioned P Peter Woods as well. Both those guys from the state of Alabama, and it's not like Alabama didn't have a, an elite defensive line front seven hall last year. They did. But, Drew, for Clemson to go into Alabama, and it's not like Clemson doesn't have these chops, right? We've seen them do this before, and especially on the defensive line. Two really good gets uh, out of the state of Alabama and two guys that look like they're going to be the foundation for years to come for Clemson on the defensive line. Staying in the state of Alabama, or at least another guy from that state, Keldrick Falk, right, at Auburn. This was another guy, Drew, I think between T.J. Parker, Peter Woods, Keldrick Falk, Kelby Collins, all these guys from the state of Alabama kind of have my mind in a pretzel. How are we going to rank these guys in that state? Absolutely loaded. Keldrick Falk drew another riser for us. He finished number 69 in the top 247 last year, number nine defensive lineman, 400 snaps, 75 as a defensive tackle. I find that pretty interesting. Graded out well by PFF. He appeared in all 12 games for the Tigers this season, 19 pressures at seventh most in the country for a freshman, logged a season-high 55 snaps in the Iron Bowl. Drew, I love this kid's upside. It was really kind of in San Antonio, kind of opened some eyes a little bit. He was a two-way player out of high school, but they played him as a one technique. You could play him off the edge a little bit. Love the position versatility. All four of those guys that I really talked about out of the state of Alabama last year, the Alabama-Mississippi game, really kind of showcased all their talents. And, and Keldrick Falk was another guy that we were super high on. And Auburn, whether it was out of circumstance or whether it was the fact that he was the best player available, Keldrick Falk had a lot of really good run as a freshman. And he was committed to Florida State throughout the entire cycle until Hugh Freeze was hired. And you mentioned T.J. Parker, right? Peter Woods, they're both leaving. 
has you thinking, all right, is this why Auburn needed to make the change as the head coach? Too many of these guys getting away. They do get Keldrick Falk. I think he played his most snaps there of the season in the Iron Bowl. And you touched on the All-American Bowl. I showed up late after coming from the Under Armour game. And, and Cooper, he was the one where I texted the rankings chat. Uh, who is this individual? Because I didn't have a roster at the time. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is a guy. And you, you said you were surprised that he got some snaps on the interior. I'm not. I, you know, projectable frame. I, he's still growing. Who knows what he could be. Uh, but Auburn got a good one. And then you got Kay and Lee in the secondary. Uh, Kelby Collins from Florida, you also brought him up. I mean, he was considered for this uh, defensive line group as well. Just had to, had to settle on four. But, man, for the Yellowhammer State, what what a class of, of defensive linemen and pass rushers. Absolutely loaded, man. So uh, looking forward to those guys as we talked about earlier. How about the linebackers, Drew? Anthony Hill, I think he made this one pretty easy for us, a former five-star out of Denton Ryan. He kind of showed up. Earlier in the season, that Alabama game, I think, is when everybody kind of took notice of, like, all right, who's this Anthony Hill guy? We talked about it earlier in the season. Who was going to have that Harold Perkins-type impact, which is really lofty expectations. You shouldn't just throw that around after what Harold Perkins did as a freshman. Two names came to mind, Santorin Perkins at Ole Miss and Anthony Hill, right? Just from an athletic profile standpoint, it did not take long for defensive coordinator Pete Kwiatkowski to figure out, all right, we got to get Anthony Hill on the field because he is an absolute game changer. Drew, we could see Texas, Alabama in the national championship. We saw it earlier this season. He might be the only guy in the only chess piece that had an answer for Jalen Milrow in terms of keeping him in the pocket and really kind of keeping that guy contained. He was an X factor that game, and he carried that out throughout the entire season as well. I think the line I had for him coming out of uh, the rankings process or, or at signing days, he's like a sports car. That's how he changes gears in terms of his ability to start, stop, and get downhill and he is a a master spy there cooper you're right and he could be rushing against Caden proctor and then trying to limit jalen milrow uh he was an easy one and uh, the harold perkins comparison or just the utility i love that you brought up Sunserine perkins he was also considered for this i went with five defensive backs two linebackers instead of four and three you can shoot me to it's football here in in 2023 <laughs> so we're, we're gonna have a nickel on the field uh, but Sunterine Perkins was also considered, ended up going with Anthony Hill, uh, but both those guys can play. I think you're all right. I don't think anybody's going to be upset with you, Drew. You, you've done very well here. All right, Jordan Hall, another name that will come up, uh, and another guy that played his football at IMG Academy, Drew. He ended up at Michigan State. This was a dude, Drew, that we just kept coming back to. We loved the fit. I think he was one of our favorite fits coming out of high school at IMG Academy and a dude that has delivered as a freshman at Michigan State, the number 200 player overall in the top 247 last year, number 17 linebacker. Drew, you got to see this guy up close and personal. He started six games in East Lansing this past year, played over 500 snaps, 67 tackles, four and a half sacks. Priority number one for Jonathan Smith. Drew, keep this guy in the fold. And I think this is a guy, if I remember correctly, you raved about the intangibles. So this shouldn't be any type of surprise that he's done what he's done as a freshman. Yeah, high, high IQ football player, was kind of the leader of IMG Academy's defense his final two years there at Bradenton Academy. Uh, not surprised to see him you know, make plays. Coming out of the Under Armour game, we, 
We handed out some awards. I said he was the best run defender linebacker uh, against Penn State in the season finale, 12 tackles. You know, it is notable, though, Cooper, that he was able to play because Michigan State, one of the strengths of the team, and I know the season went sideways for them with Mel Tucker leaving and uh, injuries and whatnot, but they still had a a ton of experience and, and some veteran pieces at the second level. So the fact that Jordan Hall who drew rave reviews in the spring, was able to get on the field, get his feet wet. I think that's certainly promising, and I agree with you. Jonathan Smith, if he's looking for the first player he needs to meet with to prevent getting in the transfer portal, you can start with Jordan Hall. Yeah, Coach Deion Sanders was on the Transfer Portal Palooza show yesterday. He brought up an interesting point and one that we've talked about before, but you just mentioned it with Jordan Hall. It's important for these guys to get to school early, right? And then you see the development throughout the year. These guys get a little bit of a head start, whether that's getting a head start in terms of nutrition, strength conditioning program, or even just learning the playbook as well and then getting on the field and getting those 15 spring practices. Drew, the bowl practices, those are big too, right? It, it almost kind of emulates spring ball as well. It's a good opportunity for these freshmen to get a lot of live reps and a lot of these seniors in high school might be showing up at these bowl practices soon. We'll talk about that some other time. All right, Drew, now getting into those five defensive backs uh, that you talked about a little bit earlier. No surprise here. Let's start up the, the tippy, tippy, tippy top. That's Caleb Downs from Alabama, the number eight player in the top 247 last year, the number one safety. This guy uh, has received every compliment you could possibly give a true freshman. One came from Kirby Smart, who knows Caleb Downs very well throughout the recruiting process, said that he plays like a guy that's in his third year of college. I said he played like a 10-year NFL vet. He reminds me of Minka Fitzpatrick. He's probably the best defensive back that Alabama has had uh, since Minka Fitzpatrick, who's one of the best DBs in all of the NFL and a guy that has is known for his football IQ, his acumen, his instincts. And everything coming out about Caleb Downs, Drew, was A+. Plus. He was a three-phase player at Mill Creek. You hear about the work ethic. You hear about the preparation before the games. You hear about the mentality. He was box checker after box checker after box checker. The genetics as well comes from a football family. What else can you say about Caleb Downs, AP, SEC Newcomer of the Year, third highest graded defender, ranks 18th nationally in total defense, 830 snaps. Drew as a true freshman at Alabama for a playoff team, 286 at free safety, 256 at the slot corner position. I mean, he can do it all, man. It's it's really kind of hard to put it into words what Caleb Downs has done as a freshman in Tuscaloosa. I think what's notable there is the slot corner snaps, right? Why is he playing? He can cover people. That is so important with these defensive backs. Can you cover? Caleb Downs can at a very high level, and Brett Greenberg of our Alabama site, I think this was about uh, two, three weeks ago, he called me, he was doing a feature on Caleb Downs, and he wanted to peel it back and, and go through our evaluation process. And he said, well, was there any ever any doubts? And I, I said, now that I think about it, we never had testing data. We never had measurables. We never had track times. There was never really any multi-sport Obviously, he's got some bloodlines. Josh Downs, who's now with the Indianapolis Colts, is his brother. Uh, Dad played, uncles played, all that stuff. But the tape was just so good that we felt confident sticking him at number eight, kind of flying a little blind, right, Cooper? I mean, usually you want to just feel good about it because you you know something, right? All right, he's a 4'5 guy or he's a 4'6 guy or we we know he's this tall. 
Caleb Downs, I, I don't really remember that discussion coming up much. We all just believed in the film, what he was able to do. I said it with Jordan Hall, high IQ. I mean, that is Caleb Downs, and he's a perfectionist, man. Having spent time around him, I mean, he he wants to be the best. Love his mentality. Had a chance to see him lead his team through a, a workout at 6 a.m. Always will stick with me. He actually confused me for a Notre Dame coach. He thought I was like Chris O'Leary, the safeties coach, when I walked in. No, 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 just 24-7 sports. But, yeah, I, 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 and we don't even consider him a freshman. Like, I, you know, you could put him on the all-SEC team if you wanted to and, and put Junior next to his name and we'd be okay with it. If you were to look up football player in a, in a dictionary and there was a picture of Caleb Downs there, I don't think it would surprise anybody. I mean, that's what every single coach wants, not only from everything he does on the field but off the field as well. So a lot of high praise for Caleb Downs. He is special, special, special. Uh, and going to be a player that I'm sure that's going to be a name that you are going to hear for a very, very long time. All right, Drew, sticking in the SEC. To the SEC East we go. Jalen Kilgore, number 225 in the top 247. A lot of top 247 representation on the defensive side of the ball. Number 18 safety, over 750 snaps for South Carolina. Kind of a youth movement there in uh, in uh, Columbia is Tree Babalade. We talked about him. Also, Trevon Ball as well. Now on the defensive side of the ball. And Jalen Kilgore. But a guy that played well, had one interception, one forced fumble. Uh, inserted pretty earlier, uh, early in the season, during the season opener. Uh, on the second play, due to, the, due to an injury, he played the next 11 games. Took over the took over as a team's punt returner as well, excuse me. Jalen Kilgore drew another one of those guys that I think we deliberated on a little bit. I think now a year, a year later, we feel pretty good about that pick. Yeah, late riser for us. Wanted to get him a spot in the top two, four, seven. I didn't think he would be playing as a freshman. Pup Howard was a guy I had my name on. We talked about him back in August when we were going through the guys that can, are true freshmen that can make an impact in the SEC. I thought it would be Pup Howard. Uh, but no, by necessity, by injury, Kilgore gets on the field. Cooper, another state long jump champ. I think he went 23-4 as a junior to win there in the Peach State. Three-phase player, also played basketball. So we're checking off box after box after box. And I touched on it with the Oklahoma, uh, their class. How about South Carolina? You said youth movement, but the core group there. Looks promising. Tree Babalade, Trovon Ball, the two offensive linemen. Nick Harbor got a ton of run. I think he actually ended up playing the most snaps as a freshman receiver out of any of our guys in the top 100. Powered also got 100 snaps. Think of Jalen Kilgore. I mean, South Carolina, Shane Beamer missed out on a bowl game this year. But that number 16 ranked recruiting class from, from last cycle, uh, that's that's a group you want to, to bet on. And, and now you got to find some pieces to put Around them, you also got Lenora Sellers, the, the the quarterback that they're excited about uh, from the 2023 class. So I, I'm still buying some stock in, in the Gamecocks, I, and I think you are as well. Absolutely. I, I, I like what Shane Beamer's doing on the recruiting trail. Listen, if you're a South Carolina fan, it's not like all kumbaya, right? I mean, this is they got to get it figured out uh, on the field as well. They have expectations there now, and they should the way that they've recruited. We'll see what happens. Post Spencer Rattler, they got some things to figure out. Drew, I'm going to step on the gas here. We got three more guys to round this out, especially defensively. Kind of want to get your quick takes on each of these guys. How about Dylan Thieneman, safety, Purdue, a, a guy Alan True kind of identified in the process and a guy that has just played so well throughout the season. 
What do you like about him and what Ryan Walters has in a guy that, uh, quite frankly, is going to be somebody that they can build around in that secondary? I think he's the perfect fit for what Purdue wants to do on the defensive side of the ball. They play uh, base defense with three safeties. Uh, he's a ball hawk. Six interceptions. That's tied for the second most in the NCAA. Try to find some more information on him coming out. You know, had some brothers that, that played collegiate football, but he just seems like a really good evaluation and a guy that takes sharp angles and gets to the football. So uh, I agree. Ryan Walters, you know, he churned out some defensive backs in his time at Illinois. Going to do the same here at Purdue. Purdue, that program to me right now, Drew, it's like it's a good time to kind of buy some stock. You know, they didn't have the season that I think a lot of people had hoped they would have, but I like what they're doing. It's kind of like Jed Fish after that first year. They only won one game, but you look at kind of what they're recruiting like and you kind of see some of the things that they're doing. I like the vision under Ryan Walters at Purdue. All right, Drew, two more. D'Angelo Pons out of James Madison, a guy that you're familiar with uh, and a guy that was a three-star, 84 overall, number 142 corner. Actually ran pretty well. Nice track and field background as well. Got to watch him a little bit against Coastal Carolina. Only five foot nine, but he plays a little bit bigger than that. I said it with Caleb Downs. Why is D'Angelo Pons on this list? He can cover guys, right? And we want big defensive backs. That is a, that is a huge you know, box checker for the NFL. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to cover and run. D'Angelo Pons played at Shamanan Madonna Prep. That's the school where Jeremiah Smith's at. JoJo Trader, Cedric Bailey. Uh, he played in a secondary that had a ton of other Power Five guys, and he's the one that made an impact as a freshman. You know, James Madison had the magical season, uh, and and James, or excuse me, D'Angelo Pons is a big reason why. 16 passes broken up. Um, in hindsight, wish I would have had him a little bit higher, but I remember when his primary recruiter was down in South Florida. We we, we grabbed a meal. Uh, and he was there for D'Angelo Pons. I think the only other school that wanted him was Florida Atlantic, and that, that's certainly paying off, or it did for the Dukes. And, and, you know, he's a guy that can play the slot, play the outside, or play over the top. Second team all Sunbelt. Also, shout out to producer Tyler in the back. Went to JMU, the alum, the Dukes. How about that little representation for the Oyster Boys? All right, Drew, the last one on the Oyster Boys team, and a guy that, i got to be honest, I brushed up on this morning. As much flack as we give Dabo Sweeney. How about this one? Khalil Barnes, Clemson, three-star, 89 overall, number 30 athlete, a guy that I believe was committed to Notre Dame at one point, right? Um, and you turn on the Committed tape. to Wake. Committed to Wake. Committed I'm, to uh, Wake. Excuse me. Uh, you turn on the tape against South Carolina. This guy was all over the field, kind of playing that star position nickel spot for Clemson. I think this is the guy that gets me the most excited. You talk about fluid hips, being able to transition, also the instincts in the air as well, being able to play the ball. I mean, this guy has a knack for finding the football. Khalil Barnes does not look like a freshman when you turn on the tape. I think Clemson, so much to be excited about, about that young secondary. Khalil Barnes, this is a dude right here, Drew. Yeah, Clemson hit a home run here. Uh, and Khalil Barnes missed his sophomore season due to an ACL all-region player of the year as a junior, commits to Wake Forest, and then as a senior, I mean, he, he took it to another level, which is crazy to think about given, you know, what he, what he did as an 11th grader. Uh, eight interceptions on the defensive side of the ball, 15 touchdowns on the offensive side of the ball. Decommits from Wake, Notre Dame gets involved, Clemson gets involved, the Tigers win out, um, and he is the piece for them in the secondary. In a game this season, I think it was, what, against South Carolina? Back-to-back -back turnovers. So he recovered a fumble, 
returned it 43 yards for touch a touchdown. The next snap interception, first Clemson defender to produce takeaways on back-to-back snaps since Brian Dawkins back in the 2000s. Uh, he is a dude, Cleo Barnes. And really, talking about cores and, and futures, I mean, Clemson, they played a lot of young guys. Uh, we've mentioned on TJ Parker, Peter Woods, but you go down that recruiting class from 2023, a lot of them saw the field uh, as true freshmen, whether that be on special teams or an offense, Tyler Brown, the wide receiver, uh, Harris Sewell up front, Colin Sadler up front. I mean, we like to poke holes in, in, in their philosophy in terms of not getting transfers, but hey, they're playing the young guys uh, and they're playing at a high level. Yeah, ace in the hole there for Clemson. And, and Drew, how about this? Matt Luke? Right. I mean, this is a guy we thought was going to end up at Notre Dame, new offensive line coach for Clemson. I think that is a huge hire. It just happens to fall on the same day that the transfer portal window opens. Not a lot of people talking about that. That's a huge hire. Matt Luke used to be at the University of Georgia and the head coach at Ole Miss as well. And another one, Coach Rumpf, the defensive ends coach now at Clemson. You put him with a guy like Nick Eason uh, in that defensive line that we're just raving about, Drew. I like those two hires for Clemson. You talked about it. We can poke holes in the transfer portal all day. The ace in the hole for Clemson, yeah, you might go eight and four, but at least they're playing the young guys, right? There is some upside there uh, and a reason to be optimistic. So there you have it. Golf clap for Andrew Ivins, our director of scouting. He does it all, puts together a nice base nickel defense uh, on the Oyster Boys side of the ball on defense. That's what we do. Who is our Oyster Boys defense coordinator, by the way? Uh, Blake Baker, maybe Missouri, number three in the SEC in total defense. I, I, I think he's a, he's he's got an interview. We'll say that. It's a little home cooking there. Blake Baker, friend of the pod, great dude. Yeah, but I like that one. Hypothetically, we can live with that. All right, guys, you got the Oyster Boys every Tuesday and Wednesday at five o'clock Eastern time. You can find us on the twenty four seven Sports YouTube channel, also wherever you find your podcast as well. But on Monday and Thursday, how about the college football recruiting show with Emily Proud and Blair Angulo? They do a great job breaking everything down on 24-7 sports. Everything you need, college football recruiting right here on the 24-7 sports YouTube channel. All right, Drew, we are running long for the show, guys. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. A couple more headlines before we get out of here. How about Auburn, Drew? I talked about it yesterday. Everybody thinks Riley Leonard's going to Duke. He's got an OV coming up. That receiver room in South Bend has seen a lot of turnover, right? What about Auburn kind of sneaking around? Riley Leonard's from Fairhope, Alabama. The reason I say that, Drew, if you're Riley Leonard and you're looking at receiver rooms, how about Auburn now? They add Cam Coleman, the five-star, the number three player at the position, number eight overall in the country. They're going to pair him with Perry Thompson, another five-star out of the state of Alabama. Drew, we talk about this all the time in Auburn, what they're doing at the receiver position. We talked about Hugh Freeze's track record at Ole Miss. Who are the guys that come up, right? DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Laquan Treadwell, and you look at the physical mold of a guy like Cam Coleman, a guy that I like to compare to George Pickens now with the Pittsburgh Steelers who played uh, with the Georgia Bulldogs, and then Perry Thompson, Quite honestly, Drew, kind of reminds me a little bit of A.J. Brown. Strong, physical, run-after-the-catch receiver. I mean, the future is bright there, especially on the perimeter. What do you think about this one? It was quite the uh, Friday afternoon news dump when Cam Coleman decided to flip from Texas A&M. I love it. I think if you're an Auburn fan, uh, I got a good buddy that has won. He, he texted me right away, Cam Coleman, is he legit? I said, yes, he is a dude. Uh, 
I'll add this. I also like Walker White. If you want to talk about their uh, high school quarterback, they got committed, uh, just played for a state title in, in Arkansas. We're going to see him at the All-American Bowl. We said it a few weeks ago. Is there a more dangerous team than Auburn and Hugh Freeze to watch in these winter months? Uh, I don't think so. And and they, they flipped Cam Coleman. Steve Wiltfong at, at 24-7 Sports reported that K.J. Bolden, the five-star safety, was on the planes Monday. I think you get to watch that one down the wire. They're also looking to flip Cohen Eccles, uh, interior offensive lineman out of Texas that's committed to the Aggies. I think there's going to be some fireworks here down the stretch for uh, Auburn. And, and most importantly, hopefully that passing t- attack approves, improves Excuse me, uh, with the addition of Cam Coleman and, and Perry Thompson, like you said. Yeah, get your uh, electrolytes in over the next couple of weeks. I know you're probably tired from the transfer portal palooza, but we got signing day on December 20th. And as Drew said, Auburn, a team to watch down the stretch, as we alluded to just a week or two ago. All right, Drew, the last one here. How about Gatlin Bear, one of those guys kind of knocking on the door of five-star status guy that we have loved throughout the entire process out of the state of Idaho. A guy that uh, when you compare him to the freak of all freaks, like a Nicholas Harbor, he actually ran a little bit faster, a 10-1-8 in the 100 meter. This guy, an absolute freak of nature and a blur on the football field. He decommits from Boise State. He is back on the market. Drew, Michigan, Oregon, battling it out for Gatlin Bear. And I should say, add a little context here, Gatlin Bear, from what we know and what we understand, it, it does appear that he will take a mission, and it will be two years before he is back enrolled in school. So it comes with uh, a little bit uh, of anecdotal information there. But Drew, Gatlin Bear, uh, maybe one of the more intriguing names on the market that nobody's talking about, but uh, how do you see this one playing out? Well, I want to see him at Michigan, right? Remember when we had to figure out – write a story or answer the question, hey, best fit for Gatlin Bear? I thought it was Michigan because – of the player development under Jim Harbaugh. And yes, he's going to go away. He's not going to enroll early as a freshman. The plan has been to take that mission trip like you alluded to. And uh, if he's going to come back, I I think at Michigan and in that weight room, that strength program, uh, to me, that makes the most sense. I think Oregon makes sense as well. And, you know, if I'm Jeff Levy at at Mississippi state, I'm calling Gatlin bear. He's, he's got a, a brother that runs track for the Bulldogs. So uh, interested to see not only where Gatlin ends up, but I'm fired up to see him at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. Just presented with his jersey, Cooper. You've been begging me to watch the senior tape on Gatlin Bear. I did it while on a train to Orlando. The guy next to me is like, who are you watching over here? I'm like, oh, this is a kid out of Idaho. He, he thought he was pretty good. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's on the freaks list. I just told him I was in recruiting. Uh, but no, Gatlin Bear, senior tape's awesome. He did miss some time. I think with a shoulder injury, uh, but over 3,800 career yards as a, as a uh, there in Idaho, uh, he's the real deal. It's been a pretty funny recruitment. I mean, if you think about it, commits to Boise State. He's from Idaho. Andy Avalos gets hired. Now it's Michigan, Oregon. Drew's throwing out Mississippi State. Obviously, the family connection there. That would be like the chef's kiss to end this one. Gatlin Bear to Stark Vegas, Idaho to Stark Vegas. We love the idea of that pipeline. Guys, we appreciate you joining us today. As always, the Oyster Boys freshman team out today. Great work by our director of scouting, Andrew Ivins. As always, make sure if you're hanging around, make sure to like and subscribe the show. 
Also, the boys will be back tomorrow, same time tomorrow, 5 o'clock Eastern time. And we look forward to talking a little uh, transfer portal leftovers. Matt Zinnitz will join the show. We're fired up. Guys, have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow.